0: Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to be looking at one of the most uh, seminal subjects of uh, our modern world, and that is the advent and the use of nuclear power for running our cities and our lives. It's a problem, It wasn't necessarily seen as a problem from the beginning, although in some people's minds it was always one. And there has been a tremendous amount of challenge to the assumptions made about its safety. Well, one of the most foremost people who has been challenging the use of nuclear power is today's guest, journalist anti-nuclear activist par excellence, Harvey Wasserman. Harvey has written several books on the subject. He has been involved in uh, numerous different organizations and the like, Greenpeace and others, for over the past 30 years, being very vocal about this subject. He has been on, for instance, on the Today Show, Nightline, National Public Radio, CNN with Lou Dobbs, and many other uh, news outlets talking about these dangers. And, well, we're dealing with some particular ones right now. Uh, And we wanted to have Harvey on to talk about the issue of (laughs) nuclear power in general. And then we'll look at something that's going on in particular in California with Diablo and look at that in particular. So, Harvey Wasserman, a pleasure to have you on A Better World. Welcome.
1: Mitchell, it's great to be with you. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. You have covered the globe in many ways with this subject and being very vocal about it. And bless you. Thank you for your good work. First of all, just tell us as though we know nothing. Um, What is the problem? Uh, Many people thought it was a great idea. Nuclear power. My God, we can make God, the French called it green energy. What's the problem?
1: <clears throat> uh, the problem is it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't uh, work. Uh, what do you mean? Uh,
0: it's not green, or it doesn't generate electricity?
1: It does generate electricity, very expensively, very inefficiently. Um, it heats the planet with massive quantities of waste heat. Uh, <clears throat> carbon dioxide uh, is spewed out in the production of nuclear fuel, and their, uh, in, in the disposal of nuclear waste, which for which we still have no real solution. It kills people. Uh, when nuclear power plants open, uh, infant death rates go up, and when they close, infant death rates go down. Um, they blow up. We've had five major uh, uh, atomic power plants explode Chernobyl and uh, units one, two, three, and four at Fukushima. Uh, they have emitted far more. Radiation that was uh, released at Hiroshima. How about Three Mile Nike. Island? Well, Three Mile Island uh, had a minor explosion inside. We're still not sure why it didn't blow up and irradiate all of the uh, the Northeast. Uh, but it um, it is it, it you know it, it converted Three Mile Island converted a um, a nine hundred million dollar asset to a two billion dollar liability in a matter of minutes. So economically. Mm-hmm uh three mile island was probably the single most expensive 15 minutes uh in US history and um overall what the the good news is that we now have technologies solar wind tidal geothermal ocean thermal um sure. uh wave energy tidal energy uh that can replace nuclear power all of its capacity all of the all of the fossil fuels um uh, cheaply cleanly, safely, and reliably.
0: So, well, before you know, we get into that, which of the course of the is the, the that what you're bringing up, of course, is what is dearest to yours and my hearts. However, I'd like to just kind of keep going a little bit more deeply historically and uh, practically about the reasoning behind nuclear energy being used in the very first place. First of all, historically, when was it first initiated and utilized uh, in the United States?
1: Well, the first commercial reactor opened at Shippingport, Pennsylvania, in uh, 1957. And uh, actually, Dwight Eisenhower uh, tripped the switch uh, from the White House. And then um, Eisenhower had intervened. In 1952, um, there was a report done by Harry Truman, one of his uh, final acts, um, um, saying that to look at the future of energy, and um, the uh, it was called the Paley Commission report, and it came back and said that the United States could have 15 million solar heated homes by 1975. Uh, and Oof. but then when Eisenhower came in um, in December of 1959, uh, 53, he got in front of the United Nations and talked about the so-called peaceful atom and uh, basically laid out the idea that uh nuclear power would come save the earth and they talked at the time about it being too cheap to meter uh, it has now become too expensive to matter uh because uh you know none of it none of the promise really worked out and uh, there were all sorts of things that they didn't take uh into account uh number as- one of course being well, number one being what to do with the waste. Uh, it was presumed at the time that they would find a solution for the, uh, disposing or at least managing the high-level waste from the nuclear power plants. That was way back in the 1950s, and they still haven't found it. So, uh, and we're having terrible problems at those reactors that have shut down. Uh, for example, San Onofre um, here in California. I'm in Los Angeles and uh between LA and San Diego uh we we have successfully shut two reactors a one along before that uh and they, they they still are talking about burying the nuclear waste 100 feet from the ocean so you know it, it's it's just a a circus it's a a real dance of of death here and um, yes. there, there's no real solution in sight so uh that's just so the the, so
0: in other words the big problem is that they did not account for properly in their actual economics let alone practically speaking uh is the disposal of nuclear waste where to put it what to do with it and even the expense of operation had they properly accounted for that
1: <clears throat> no the atomic reactors have proven far more expensive to operate than they than the, they initially believed. Um, the, the cost of nuclear power now is significantly higher than the cost of um, um, coal and of fracked gas, but more importantly, solar energy and wind energy are now much cheaper than uh, nuclear power, even at nuclear power stations that have been amortized, that have been paid for, that their capital costs mm-hmm. have been uh, taken care of. So this is a situation where we have a technology that I'd, I'd call it obsolete, except it never really worked. And, it never um, worked. And it, it, you mean it,
0: because it never worked economically? Correct. Uh,
1: it never worked efficiently. Um, it's it's left many, many problems unsolved all the way from 1957 to 60 years later. Um, uh, these problems have not been taken care of. There's no real answer of what to do with the reactors once they're done, and um, you know we're facing that question now very seriously at the 99 or so reactors that are left in the United States, plus the ones that, um, uh, that are left operating, plus the ones that operated and are now shut down. If you look at, for example, Vermont Yankee, which shut yeah. um, uh, a little while ago, <clears throat> they, they're still they're arguing now over what to do with it and the owners want to just let it sit there for the next 50 or 60 years and not do anything to it, of course, by which time they'll be long gone. Um, yes. and, and so it falls into the public's lap to t- dispose of these horrifying structures, which are incredibly radioactive, um, and have that not figured in to the cost of the electricity that they produce. So, uh, you know, this is a How far a does the
0: radiation... The radioactive field extend from the location itself, Harvey. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, once it's shut, it, it's fairly well contained on site, but the the um, the possibilities uh, are endless. And unfortunately, um, the fuel that was, the fuel assemblies that were used to power the reactors remain radioactive and remain dangerous. And so, uh, you can have spent fuel pools. Um, that, that can have accidents of their own, and this was a, a really big danger at Fukushima. We're still not clear what's going to happen with the radioactive waste at Fukushima. They haven't really figured out how to deal with the three cores that melted um, eight years ago. So, you know, this is this is a a, a real a Pandora's box that should never have been opened. And uh, we had a um, nascent renewable energy industry in the 1950s. Wind power was pretty well advanced. Solar was just coming on photovoltaic cells. Actually, the first photovoltaic cell was produced in the early 50s at the Bell Labs for um, uh, the space program, but uh, th- that yes. technology has advanced. Uh, yeah, this, the, I have actually held the first solar cell. It, they sent it mm-hmm. traveling around. It was developed at Bell Laboratories. The second solar cell went up on a satellite. Uh to generate electricity for for the satellite and really it's been very successful successful and the the technological history of um uh of solar solar cells photovoltaics is uh, spectacular. I mean it's just far outstripped in terms of efficiency and cost effectiveness, uh even the wildest uh, uh predictions for it. So Uh, It's one of the great success stories in human history.
0: You know, it's interesting. What you're saying reminds me of some 50 years before that, the advent of the uh, electric motor that actually, I believe it was Ford came up with. Henry Ford, his first motor was an electric motor, and the advent, Mm -hmm. of course, of um, the General Motors um, fossil fuel burning uh, motor. And it could have gone either way. Apparently there was a bit of a toss-up, but the power of the Rockefeller oil money and lobbying influence pushed toward developing the fossil fuel car instead of the electric. So that was another moment of like potential... Um, Uh, a choice that could have been much to our advantage, kind of a a bifurcation. And now what you're saying here looks like a a bit of an analog between the possibility of having gone in the direction of solar or nuclear. And obviously, well, both went and so did both go before, you know, with the uh, electric. But look at how many years it's taken to ripen. It still is, actually, right? (sighs)
1: Yeah, well, the, in the beginning, the automobile actually could have gone three ways. There was a Stanley Steamer car, uh, which, you know, had a, a yes. steam engine, and that uh, yes. really, really fast. And then you had the um, the the electric car, and the model for the electric car that was developed by Thomas Edison and Henry Ford was that you would have a battery-driven automobile, and then when you when the battery ran out of charge, you would pull into a station – they would pull out the uh, old battery and put in a new one and you'd drive away within five minutes.
0: Um, <laughs> oh my but, god! Uh, Just like it's but, being um, discussed today. Yeah. In one way or another. Well, right.
1: there's a uh, conspiracy so theory that, yes, there's a conspiracy theory that um, Edison and Ford had a factory in a, um, in Detroit that somehow burned down. And a lot of people oh. claim that that was, you know, done by the Rockefellers and, gasoline you know was a uh a byproduct uh what people burned in that era was kerosene the the oil yes. business was based on lighting and weirdly enough yes. i will have to say this that at the time the oil industry you know drilling for oil which was turned into kerosene for lighting actually saved the whales because uh the the oil that was used for lighting in america uh, came from whaling um but then in came kerosene and and that no longer became, uh, you know, the big uh, product for whaling. Uh, and yes. Who, who knows? But were you, what do you mean? It saved
0: oil? the whales.
1: Because they oh, keros- that. The, Oh, I see. Yeah,
0: right. The advent of the use of the of of gasoline for kerosene. Right. Save well, the whales. No,
1: right? The 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 advocate, the coming of kerosene
0: in the 1850s,
1: yes. 60s, 70s. Oh, saved delighted. us from
0: using the whale oil. Yeah.
1: That's correct
0: right right and then sorry, kerosene, I got that. In, in the right.
1: in the in the um in the refining of oil into kerosene, gasoline was a byproduct and they just, they used to throw it away, they threw it in the rivers, and you know it was a terrible pollutant, but then somehow <laughs> it was well suited for the internal combustion engine better than kerosene, and so the refinery industry switched uh i mean they still use kerosene, obviously, especially in airplanes, yes. but uh um, yes. you know
0: the gasoline became a the major uh, uh, product of the uh, refining industry. Means of right transportation, right. Isn't that interesting? Let's go back uh, to nuclear power and let's look for a moment at the economics of it. You've outlined a little bit of it, but it's my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong or fill in um, the gaps I leave, but it's my understanding, Harvey, that the only way for uh, a nuclear plant to survive and sustain is with massive subsidies uh, to the tune of usually, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, a couple of billion dollars, and that no private uh, group, investment group was ever able to shoulder the cost on their own. And the only reason private equity and others got involved is because they could count on government subsidies, which means tax money, which means you and me paying for it so others can make a profit. Is that the case or what's the economic story? Yes, absolutely. The only reason that nuclear power plants are existing
1: at all is because the in 1957 under the Price-Anderson Act, the federal government stepped in and uh, offered them disaster insurance. And The idea uh-huh. was that uh, no utility would build a nuclear plant because they were afraid that if one blew up um, and killed you know millions of people and wiped out billions in property, uh, that they you know they'd be out of business. And so the feds, the Congress stepped in and said, well, okay, the federal government will shoulder um, the uh, liability for a major disaster. And they, but they presumed that they passed it for only fifteen years. They presumed that in fifteen years from 1957, uh, the private insurers would eagerly step in and take on, you know, the risk of insuring nuclear power plants, and, of course, nobody has. And so all Because they thought later, it would be
0: so safe. That was the projection. Yes, that's correct. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah. nobody bought into that, and 60 years later, uh, the federal government is still the uh, insurer uh, for commercial atomic power plants.
0: Very interesting So in other words economically uh, Is it just the insurance part Or is it also the construction Part that the government Was underwriting
1: Well the reactors always get uh, Massive subsidies and they, they You know they are uh, not held Accountable for the environmental Damage they do um, They emit huge Quantities of hot water And steam and you have A little cabal of People running around now saying that nuclear is um, good for global warming, and because it doesn't emit as much carbon as coal and um, uh, gas. But um, now they never account for the fact that huge quantities of heat go directly from nuclear power plants into the mm. um, into at the, the environment. environment. And so, yep, um, right. you know, and all the rea- every reactor. Is on a body of water, either a river, a lake, or, an, or the ocean, and um, they all dump huge quantities of waste heat. And in fact, nuclear power plants are less efficient than coal burners when it comes to converting uh, heat to electricity. And so the mass, the the, the uh, waste is enormous. And um, isn't that ironic? Small group of people claiming that nukes are good for um, global warming never account for that.
0: Well, you know, I remember it was uh, the prior president of France. I think he was on 60 Minutes making the outrageous claim that it was uh, good for the environment because they called it, actually, and I made reference to this in my opening, uh, a green technology. And uh, because now you're elucidating it, it's because it burns, it emits Less CO two. It's still got a huge carbon footprint. It just happens to be slightly less than coal. <laughs> wow, well, is that yeah, turning words around?
1: Strictly carbon, and of course coal does emit radiation. Uh, so we're not we're not fans of oh, coal. Oh, that's here. interesting. Um,
0: no, no, not at all. Because,
1: um, but what we want to do is convert entirely to, to wind and solar. And as I say,
0: exactly, the, exactly. The, um,
1: technological curve of the advances of uh, renewable energy are astounding. and um, well, we're, um, Let's
0: get into that, that now. But I have to say, I don't know if you saw the State of the Union address, and if you did, my condolences no. to you. I did, too. but uh, No, I did. And I w- it, I was very, of, uh, it was very it was like attending a funeral. But um, uh, I've been to funerals that are happier than what I saw last night. But there was the Proclamation of the dangers of socialism. Now, this is a just an aside, Harvey. But it was so interesting. He there was an assertion by the fellow called the president that we are not a socialist country and we will never become one. And I just laughed under my breath because, of course, subsidies are a form. Uh, it's a socialist measure. So the nuclear and the Uh, oil industry and the coal industry and many others receive huge subsidies and they might not be in business if it weren't for the government taking its socialist measures. Anyway, enough of that um, point. But you you know the irony and the hypocrisy involved.
1: Well, we're a national socialist country. I mean, it's socialism yes. for the rich. It's women socialism.
0: That's right. Whenever there you the, go. Uh, a,
1: yes. Whenever the, uh, the, you know, the, the too-big-to-fails actually fail, um, you know, the government steps in and, and bails them out at the Picks public expense.
0: Absolutely. So, um, you know, so,
1: it's, it's, what we have is socialism for the rich.
0: That's right, social and perfectly put. So your point of view as a long-time multi-decade nuclear anti-nuclear activist is that of all of the, we have 99 left, 99 operating nuclear plants, you're calling for them all to be shut down ASAP and to be uh, replaced with the entire genre of renewable energy sources. Is that correct? Yes, 100%. 100%. It's
1: uh, eminently doable. It could be done very quickly. Um, uh, So tell us about this. (laughs) Walk us into this. The the great thing about renewable energy is that it it can go pretty much anywhere. Where you don't have so much sun in places like Buffalo, Um, you know, you have plenty of wind and you have hydropower and uh, well, Seattle. Yes. But, and there's plenty of wind and there's plenty of wind offshore. And um, uh, what we, but the the real key to the conversion to renewable energy is the uh, uh, rooftop solar. Every building in the world needs to have solar panels on the rooftops. And Mm -hmm. with those solar panels, uh, we get uh, the electricity we need. And then we, we're also having a revolution in efficiency. Uh, you know, the onset of LED lighting, for example, and other efficiencies yes. uh, ha- ha- will can lower
0: our, um, uh, you know, our... Our uh, draw content. on electricity altogether.
1: Correct. So yep. it's a balance, <clears throat> but... Um,
0: now, it's, talk to us you know, about the uh, the the efficiency of solar because it 's my understanding as much as I am enamored of free photons uh, circulating our atmosphere, and you and I are both uh, colleagues and dear friends of our uh, the futurist and green economist Hazel Anderson, and both serve on her right. advisory board. She is the queen of the photon, if you will, and has done more single-handedly to promote the wisdom of a solar-based economy, and uh, we, we are grateful for her. But at the same time, of all of the renewable energy technologies, I mean, solar is at around 22 23% efficient.
1: Oh well, it's going to rise. Obviously, it's rising now, and it continues to rise. It's a, a very simple technology. It's, it's been known since the 1830s or 40s. The first panel solar cells, as I say, were uh, produced in the 50, 1950s. Uh, wind has been around for centuries, and uh, more, you know these windows keep getting bigger and bigger. And uh, offshore, they're they're just getting enormous. I mean, I was at a conference. In 1975, where there was a wind pioneer named William Hieronymus, and he predicted that there would be five megawatt windmills offshore, and he had these diagrams, and people laughed at him, like he was some kind of gyro, gyro gear loose. And now, five <laughs> megawatts is nothing. There's just there's yeah. building these enormous windmills offshore. And the how um, many um,
0: there how are, many homes would 5 megawatts serve just to give our well, audience it, a, it could be, a measurement it could be 5, a yardstick 30, it could 5, be,
1: it could be anywhere from 5000 to you know
0: oh, 5, uh, uh,
1: or thereabouts but it, it's it's uh, it depends well the, you know the, the the calculus is changing because of how much um, how efficient things are becoming yes. computers yes, are yes. becoming efficient um, televisions lighting um, and so it's it's a game of Uh, supply going up and um, uh, consumption per household going down. Same with cars. You know, cars, uh, automobiles, are uh, the whole fleet is going electric, uh, as it might have done way back when. The reality is that uh, an automobile, an electric car, is four times as efficient as a gas-driven car. You know, the amount of energy to run an electric car is way, 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 way less the amount of energy that's used for a gas for a car. Because the gasoline In terms is, of what, carbon what footprint, setting?
0: however, we still don't have mm-hmm. the full answer when it comes to electric cars. I know, I, I helped to start an electric motor company. and uh, You know, you still have the battery storage issue and the use of lithium and other materials that are not really eco-friendly. So, while what you're saying on the level of efficiency is wonderful... The full story and full eco cycle isn't as eco-friendly as you and I would like, but it's certainly a step in the right direction, no question about it. But a better step, and I think we would both agree, and I'd love to hear you talk about this, is the use of hydrogen.
1: Well, hydrogen is a mixed bag because hydrogen, you know, you have to you have to extract the hydrogen from the air. And so yes. <clears throat> hydrogen is a medium, as is like electricity. Um, um, uh, the the real <clears throat> winning point on automobiles, like like you're saying, like you know, is that automobiles have electric cars have no moving parts except for the wheels, <laughs> you know, and yes, and right. um, and they are way more efficient, and sure. the um, the friction is, is, is so
0: vastly reduced, right? I mean, meaning also the sparks- energy loss.
1: Right, you don't have spark plugs, you don't have oil. you don't you know you don't have motor oil, Systems. you don't have cooling. you know right. I mean, the fact that you have a cooling system in a gas-fired car indicates a tremendous amount of loss. and then the, yeah. the car's got to drive around uh, carrying that uh, that radiator and all the other
0: that's right uh, and the, that's the, right. The, the
1: oil and all the other stuff, whereas the electric car doesn't have to do that. So the key in the long term is that the, you know electric automobiles will be powered by electricity that comes from solar panels that are on top of houses and, and uh, commercial buildings
0: and even on the cars themselves. Yes. Yes. We, we had a, we had a small truck that has solar panels on the top of the truck that were in turn feeding the battery. Right. So the car or the vehicle becomes its own system.
1: Right. I'll never forget Pete Seeger, the folk singer was a friend of mine. Yeah. And I went to Uh his house and he had a, uh, He had a truck. It must have been one of the world's first electric-driven trucks. I mean, he had a truck that just had a whole ton of regular batteries in the front, and it got him down to the country store and back. That's all he ever drove. (laughs) Uh, So that, that was the original. But battery technology, like wind and solar, is also advancing extremely rapidly. There's a whole attempt now. The owner of the Los Angeles Times is developing a nickel hydride battery, which is you know, won't use lithium. And um, I I suspect there are going to be other, just as with solar panels, there will be other technologies that come forward that are way more Earth-friendly than what we've got right now. But Mm -hmm. that has not happened with nuclear. In the 60 years of nuclear power since the opening of Shippingport in 57, you haven't had uh, real advances in the technology. It's still this clunky old, You know, internal combustion, um, super hot reactor core, and uh, fusion never came, and simpler reactors never came. I mean, uh, there has been no technological revolution in nuclear, and it's not going to happen now. They've just been outpriced, uh, and and they, they haven't had the technological breakthroughs that might have made nuclear a viable technology whereas with wind yeah. and solar and um and led and batteries you know those are the four keys to the renewal re- revolution wind solar well also um, water <clears throat>
0: batter- so one of the ways uh, yeah, it's hi, been explained hi, to hi. me because i was uh, speak I, I work with a a a wind turbine company that has a uh that has a technology, a system that's a breakthrough, entirely different kind of uh, system. And it brings the cost of a kilowatt hour down to under a penny. So there is a revolution, just as you say, Harvey, taking place in the renewable energy world. One of the gentlemen I spoke to out on the left coast, like where you are, uh, was saying to me that water falling is the most powerful energy in the world. and it's, uh, it's 400 times what we have as wind, and wind is generally more efficient than solar. So all of, I believe, just like you, that all of these are needed for different environments and contexts. But if we can harness that dropping water and using gravity, basically, we have such a powerful force. For generating electricity, we could everybody, every village all over Africa and elsewhere, could have electricity from the harnessing of water.
1: Yes, and of course, uh, that hydropower is really a form of solar energy because it falls because it has rhythm. Um, you know, having been evaporated uh, from the, oh, the lakes, yes. rivers, and oceans that we have. So. The bottom line now is that we have reactors that have to shut. I'm working very hard to uh, get the Diablo Canyon nuclear plants shut in California. Uh, you know these reactors have such a residual um, uh, entropy; uh, very hard to get their owners to shut them down. Um, the, we have two reactors. So what is going on? Diablo I Canyon. knew
0: that there was another subject hmm. we wanted in uh, that was on your mind. Tell us, you know what, first let me let everybody know you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. if we're not on at other times. We're also on A Better World TV every Monday evening at 7. That time is set. And you can watch it either on television in Manhattan or on our website at www.abetterworld.tv where we also offer a free newsletter announcing the guests we will have on our weekly show. For instance, Harvey Wasserman is the uh, is the keynote featured guest on our radio show this week. And uh, we have really interesting shows. We welcome you to become part of A Better World community and family. So just go to that website, tv, and uh, sign up for a free newsletter. And we are spending today's show with Harvey Wasserman, who is a renowned journalist, author, and anti-nuclear activist who has done so much to help educate people about what the story really is behind the scenes with nuclear power. So on that note, Harvey, uh, thanks so much for being on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you.
1: Well, it's my honor.
0: Absolutely. It really is. Uh, so tell us about what you're doing now with Diablo. What is the problem and what is the potential for getting it closed down?
1: So around the United States, there are uh, 99, 98, the number's going down. Uh, commercial atomic power plants are still operating. They're all old. They're all very, very dangerous. Um, inside every reactor there's something called embrittlement. If you, when you have these metals In uh, critical functions inside a commercial atomic power plant Uh, after decades the uh, ceaseless uh, assault of heat (coughs) radiation and pressure uh, results in chemical changes to the metals that contain the the nuclear reactors and reactions and that they become embrittled, (coughs) turned to like glass and if God forbid there's an accident and cold water is poured in on these super-hot uh, metals, they can shatter, they break causing a yeah. uh, causing a major disaster. So <clears throat> what we need to do is shut these power plants. We can't even get the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, which is in charge of these issues, is completely corrupt. Uh, it's outrageous.
0: They give the yeah. industry
1: whatever they want. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so at Diablo Canyon in particular, which is between L.A. and San Francisco, On the coast, uh, you have these two uh, old reactors, and uh, we know they're embrittled. And uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, which uh, owns them, uh, has gone bankrupt. And they went bankrupt because they don't do any maintenance. In 2010, they had gas pipelines in San Bruno, uh, south of San Francisco, that blew up and burned, uh, I think, 19 houses, killed eight people. And uh, uh, PG&E was actually convicted of criminal felonies, and they actually have a parole officer, uh, PG&E. And then in mm. 2017 and 18, the company has been implicated in starting at least 17 fires because they didn't maintain their power lines, and the power lines fell over and ignited brush under the power lines that was supposed to have been cleared away. And these, you know, fires raged through Northern California. Burned a thousand homes and killed eighty people, and oh, so his PG&E is being sued for billions of dollars, and so they've Go gone on. bankrupt. <clears throat> Meanwhile, uh, there the, this commercial reactor, Diablo Unit One, which has also not been maintained. You know, they just don't do the maintenance; uh, they don't want to spend the money. So th- yes. w- there's a whole list of things at Diablo One that they haven't done. And it, while mm-hmm. they're in bankruptcy and while the reactor unit one is shut for refueling, we want uh, the governor to order these tests to uh, to see if the reactor is actually embrittled, if it's cracked, <laughs> and to find out what the implications are of the um, uh, maintenance that they didn't do. Mm. And uh, so that's God. our struggle right now. We're asking people to call the governor of California There are two documents, we've sent him a letter, which you can see at laprogressive.com. That's laprogressive.com. I also have a a piece that's going to be up soon at Reader Supported News, uh, which is a great website, and we're calling the governor of California, his office. We're sending as much uh, message as we possibly can to Mm -hmm. uh, get people to get the governor to do the test to find out what kind of condition uh, Diablo really is in. And mm. so far, it's been very difficult. But we're hoping the governor will do it. And that because be the like governor that. has
0: been non-responsive?
1: So far. But we just started yes. this campaign. And,
0: you know, it's do you know him?
1: Because I have met him. Uh, yeah, he's a he's yes. a good guy. Uh, seems mm-hmm. to be a good guy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, very tall. I, I will point out, he, does, he obviously is... <laughs> Presidential ambitions, and I will point out uh-huh. that in the 20th century, <laughs> the the taller candidate won every election. Is that true? It's, it's one of those things. <laughs> it is
0: absolutely true. Yes.
1: That is. Now, I don't know. I don't no know wonder the Dennis I,
0: Kucinich had such a hard time. Had
1: no, had, he had no chance. <laughs> Dennis <laughs> had no chance. You know. Sorry. Um, but you know. That's a very interesting uh, correlation
0: had. you're making. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, Gavin is like 6'3", I think. He's pretty tall. I've met him, and he's definitely taller than me. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, uh, he's just started, and we are hoping that he'll call for these tests using the power of bankruptcy because the state um, really runs the show in the bankruptcy.
0: Now, let's let's just say, in the event that you were successful, that you got – Uh, Newsom's ear, the tests were conducted the plant was deemed dangerous finally even if it were dangerous when it was first built, but now day and age, 21st century, it's declared dangerous and hazardous for lots of reasons. How quickly could um, a a renewable energy uh, matrix be developed to convert over the those who are using the nuclear power for their electricity, what 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 is the nature of the next move? That's the question, really.
1: Well, we have to shut the uh, the nuclear plants, and we have to shut the fossil fuels. And simultaneously, I have a book called Solar Topia, uh, which yes, envisions a totally green powered Earth. And weirdly enough, I yes. would finally actually. And uh, Hazel uh, Henderson has been a pioneer in this. I mean, the market is really on our side. I, yes. I advocate a totally free uh, market in energy. I advocate abolishing all subsidies, starting, of course, yes. with the insurance plan for the nuclear power plant. But plants, if you abolish all subsidies and yes. take into account the economic, ecological impacts, I mean, solar would just sweep across the country, as it is doing, but it would do
0: it much more rapidly. You could say solar would soar. it soaring, actually, but
1: it goes much It is soaring,
0: I know, I know. And I'm doing a better world is engaged, believe me, and uh, we're doing what we can in that space. Uh, You know, um, in fact, I met when I was out at uh, Jerry Brown and Michael Bloomberg's Global Warming Conference in San Francisco. I met uh, Danny Sheehan's son. Lovely fellow. We had dinner Mm -hmm. together and spent some time together. And I'm mentioning that because he's involved, and they both are. The whole family is involved in a community solar project. And they're doing a lot to bring, um, especially I believe lower class minority um, uh, communities, neighborhoods, into the use of solar. It's fantastic. So it it's providing jobs, just like the work Van Jones has been doing for countless years. I think it's just so beautiful. I I'm so behind it, right? You know what I'm talking about.
1: Well yes, that is uh, sweeping through California. Uh Danny, uh, Danny Sheehan Danny and Sarah Nelson and their son Danny Paul have been working on uh these uh community based um uh collaboratives to uh, provide a green power, and it's very successful, and yes. we really need to, well, this is a big moment, because Pacific Gas and Electric is now bankrupt, and uh, as I mentioned, and a lot of people are talking about um, having the state take it over, but a better plan is to break it up and let communities take over the various pieces. Mm. And um, uh, that's, Decentralization. That's what really yes. yes, absolutely, and that's that's what needs, you Beautiful. have to have neighborhood-based uh, energy. I mean, that, that's one of the beauties, of uh, solar is it can be community controlled. Wind is a little more difficult um, because it is it is a grid based uh, technology. Wind I mean, you have to you have a producer that's uh, distant. You're, you're not going to have windmills in the middle of Los Angeles, uh, but what you can have, of course, is solar panels on rooftops, which means Absolutely. that the owner of the building controls their own power. Now um, that is why the the utility industry has been so desperately fighting uh against uh, solar energy because it means the yeah, end because of it the, makes so, so much a,
0: sense <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: they well, see that their change, days are numbered
0: that's right it's, it's a, a, change a change of paradigm. paradigm and there's always a fight you know the wonderful book by thomas a Kuhn. uh the structure of scientific revolutions talks about that bitter struggle between the uh, paradigm shifts when we go from, let's say, Newtonian to Einsteinian to quantum thinking, and you know the the struggle. Uh, who? What was the great physicist who said that science ripens funeral by funeral? One of those was it Heisenberg? I've I'm, I'm so never heard that one. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I've never heard that quote. That's a great one. So,
0: but, you know, our tell energy me.
1: sources have become progressively simpler. You know, first yes. we burned uh, uh, wood and, and uh, you know vegetation, yes. which chemically is extremely uh, uh, complex. Then you go to coal, which is complicated. Then oil, slightly simpler. Uh, then gas, slightly simpler. Of course, the most complicated of all is nuclear. Uh, but now we're down to photons and wind which is a simple yes. one. <clears throat> and, so, yes. and just like LED, is also simple. You know, LED is really the reverse of photovoltaic. So the, simpl- the simplification and the community-based ownership is what terrifies uh, the nuclear power and, the, uh, and the, the centralized utility industry. Fossil fuel and, uh, utility, why, right? So, you know, the, the, the key is not to take over uh, Pacific Gas and Electric. It's to break it up. And and turn its components over to uh, the communities.
0: Obviously, it's a monopoly. So I I think you've already answered my next question, Harvey. But that is, uh, of course, we would like community-based instead of centralized. So it's it's decentralized. But going the next step to the idea of the microgrid, what do you think about that? And the use of the microgrid, uh, you know, almost say. Um, if not block by block, maybe even home by home. Well, block by block makes sense. Um, uh, yes.
1: Because you know homes uh, can benefit from um, uh, you know being in a in a crowd as long as the crowd owns the owns the system. So what you want to, and what, one thing we're looking at in L.A. is to be able to go neighborhood by neighborhood and just yes. um, put roof put solar on all the rooftops and then I'll link them together maybe with a backup storage system um, and, of course, have them uh, charging their cars. And then you really, you really get into a serious uh, revolution here. But that, that is the end of the energy industry, uh, of the utility industry. As we know it. In LA right. we, w- yes, yeah, you know, and we have a, uh, a, commun- a municipal-owned uh, utility, the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, which has become a serious bureaucracy and it's, uh-huh. it's better than Edison, but it's not so easy to deal with. So, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it's a mixed bag, and, um, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, and, For sure. Uh, we, we just need to keep pushing to shut these reactors. There is nothing on this earth, Mitchell, uh, 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 more dangerous there than the 400 or so commercial atomic reactors. They're more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Because at least with a nuclear weapon, somebody has to choose to launch it, uh, you know, in in a nuclear power plant, as we learned at Chernobyl, Fukushima, and Three Mile Island, they have a mind of their own. And uh, if they're
0: going to go off, they're going to go off.
1: And there's way more... That's a very
0: interesting point, Harvey. That's a very interesting Uh point. That shouldn't make us radiation. enamored of nuclear missiles, however. But in terms no. <laughs> of a relativistic statement, it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, in well, other words, the nuclear power
0: radiation. plants are giving all the time, and the nuclear missiles are only giving once launched, right?
1: Yeah. So the, the nuclear power plants have uh, far more radiation in them than,
0: than, than the nuclear weapons, uh, than
1: Hiroshima and Nagasaki. One of the reasons the bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki didn't actually create more radiation than they did, was they exploded in the air. Had the, uh, had the bombs hit the ground, it would have been much worse. Uh, but oh, uh, at wow. Fukushima, they, there's more radiation coming out of Fukushima, even today, by an order of magnitude, than was released mm-hmm. at the ocean of Nagasaki. So, you know, something about Japan um, uh, has, has summoned down the curse of radiation uh, in ways of uh, no other place, but all the commercial atomic power plants on Earth need to be shut. Uh, I'm not that concerned about building new ones. I don't think it's it's just not happening. Uh, they've tried, and there they, are two reactors under construction in Europe: uh, Okriuto in uh, Finland and, and uh, um, uh, Flamanville in, in uh, France. There are other catastrophes years uh, behind schedule, uh, you know, billions over budget, it's really made a mockery of uh, the atomic power industry. And uh, there's one they want to build in England called Hinkley, which one big one was just canceled in England, but we're hoping soon uh, the Hinkley will be canceled. Um, And so the construction of new nuclear is really just over the top. It's just not happening. Even the Chinese are pulling back. Uh, the French are starting to close their reactors. Germany is committed to closing all its reactors by 2022. Well, they're committed um, to an
0: entire green time. renewable future. Uh, after That's Fukushima, correct. I remember they were quick, quick to respond, and I, I was so well, pleased to hear was, that. Well, what happened was it's a great,
1: it's a great story actually. You know, you have a yeah. very powerful green it. movement in in yes. um, in Germany. Germany, and they've been working forever to shut the reactors. And they had a giant rally scheduled in Germany, um, and, and they, they had the date, and they were just gathering uh, forces for this big anti-nuclear movement. And between the time they called the uh, the rally and the time the rally happened, Fukushima blew up. And, wow. and so Angela Merkel said, well, I guess oh. that's the message. And then she she yeah. called for the, uh, the phase-out, and it's been going successfully. You know, you read all this garbage of this, you know, dis- disinformation about this and that, but the reality is it's actually going very well. And what's happened in Germany, actually, uh, which has really shaken the utility industry, a lot of the big corporations in Germany agreed to this because they thought all the electricity was going to come from big corporate-owned windmills in the North Sea, and then they would Mm -hmm. ship the power down in power lines, and they'd, they'd still have their monopolies. But there were things written into the – there have been things. It's so called the energy and <clears throat> the transition. <clears throat> and there were things written into the uh, laws around the transition that allowed people to uh, take control of their own power and as especially very friendly towards rooftop solar. And what's happened now is that whole communities in Germany have built enough rooftop solar to just say goodbye to the whole utility industry.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it's
1: happened on a very large scale, and these the utility industries are completely flipping out, and they're, they're not able to deal with this because it's it's not what they counted on. They said, okay, we we'll go green, but we'll still, we'll still control it with control. our centrally owned windmills. But now we'll it's, still it control. hasn't happened that way. Really. And so you're having what a lot percentage? of – What
0: percentage? No, no, please finish the sentence.
1: Well, so what you're having now is you're getting a lot of bad, bad press about this transition because the utility industry can't handle it. You know, yeah, yeah, they exactly. thought they'd still be in business.
0: What percentage so of here? What percentage of the electricity generated in Germany is renewable at this point?
1: I don't actually know. Well, it goes up and down. It, it fluctuates. And one of the things that they've found, by the way, is that nuclear is a direct hindrance to renewables. And we found that in, um, in California. In you, what you've way? We got a grid in California. Well, here's what happens. Because nuclear, once you turn on a nuclear plant, you can't really turn it off to when, the, when the demand is down. So uh, on the one
0: side. Oh, the, so it's industry, constantly uh, running, of course. So, yes, yeah, so the
1: the industry has been saying, promoting this great so-called baseload power and saying, well, isn't it a wonderful nuclear never stops? Well, the problem is that in California in particular, because renewables have gone so strong, there's lots of times when there's too much electricity on the grid, and they don't know what to do with it. They've been shipping out free to, like, Arizona and other places, literally. Oh, this has happened yeah. in Texas, by the way. You can run at night because they have so much wind power now in Texas. You can run your stuff at night for free. They ask, they're asking people in Texas, listen, do your laundry and your and your clothes drying and run your other stuff at night. At night, because they, in the daytime <laughs> they've got, uh, you know, in, in the nighttime they got way too much electricity. They don't know what to do with it. They have to dump it. So interesting. So in California, uh, they've had times here in California where they've ordered. The wind and solar facilities, and there's some centralized solar facilities here. To slow down. To shut down.
0: Because <laughs> there's, too
1: much, uh, nuke, there's too much nuke power.
0: Too much on the energy, grid. too much electricity. A- oh.
1: Absolutely outrageous.
0: And so, oh so uh, the
1: nuclear, and that happens in Germany as well. You know, that they've, they've still so got these, um, I think they have seven reactors left, and they're now awash uh, in, uh, in renewables. They're shutting their, their coal down. So it's a, it's a question the, – the, the percentage fluctuates from time to time. Now, you've had instances yes. where, um, uh, for example, in Puerto Rico, in Costa Rica, in other places, uh, in Denmark, you've had instances where the entire grid has been renewable just mm. based on fluctua- fluctuating demand yes. and supply. And it's happening so more and more. So we'll so see. And, you know, we have enough wind capacity in the United States from the Dakotas down to Texas to provide three times as much electricity as the United States uses. Yeah. And, um, and, they, but of course it's a, it's a, it's a, grid question there, but you are having situations now where renewables take over hundred uh, percent Denmark that's happened also from time to time. Um, Denmark of course had a, has had a very powerful green movement, and because the movement in Denmark was strong, they never built any nuclear plant. And Denmark also uh, – and because they didn't have any nukes, they, the Dan, Danish wind industry really exploded before anybody else's. And, uh, and they have four big wind companies, I think they're down the now to one or two, that came out of farm implement companies. That's where the technology hmm. came and um uh, um uh, mycon and and uh, um um vestus uh bonus uh and one other they were all farm comp- companies and then uh, and then of course the Germans came in and bought them up but um you know so the question of how much electricity comes from renewables uh is fluctuates from country to country, but I will tell you that renewable energy now generates more electricity worldwide than nuclear, and there's no doubt about it. Um, oh, that uh, is they they vary from country to country that is so Well it's powerful. true I mean solar and yeah. wind and, and it's just a, it's, a, it's like mother nature Has has dictated The progress of the technologies She has not yes. seen We have not seen yes. A significant qualitative advance In nuclear technology In fact the opposite is true They started right. off to be small reactors and the small reactors seemed to be reasonably efficient. And they just assumed, the industry, that there would be automatic economies of scale. And they built yes. progressively bigger and bigger reactors, and, but it didn't work. The bigger it reactors um, uh, were unwieldy. The technology is just too complicated to manage. Whereas with wind and solar, uh, it's, now the solar, it's still based, of course, on the solar cell, which is indivisible. Uh, but the um, uh, the uh, the wind wind power just, it just it did ramp up because it's a simple technology, and so mm-hmm. ramping up wind has just been incredibly productive. And ramping up mm-hmm. solar works when you when you build you know massive arrays of many 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 cells. Although the technology also looks like it may be in for a qual- qualitative leap. Uh, we may actually yeah. uh, the, the real key as a homeowner, I'll tell you. And I'm poised to put, put solar on my roof, but I'm waiting because I have an old roof, and yes. I, I would like, rather than putting solar panels on my roof, to put a, a solar uh, shingles, so that I can re- oh. redo my roof and and get solar at the same time. And so that is, and there's also um, major um, questions about inverters. You know, all solar comes with – you have to change direct current to alternating current, and that requires uh, um, an inverter. A converter. uh, Well, it converts. It's called an inverter. It it changes DC to AC because all our our stuff works on AC. An inverter converts. Uh, uh, (laughs) Yes, that's correct. But uh, there may be ways around that, and that would really ramp up the uh, efficiency of the whole operation.
0: Yeah. I know I've met so the person go. who was the original uh, uh, solar inverter um, inventor. <laughs> and he's gone oh, on cool. to do other wonderful things. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. Well, uh, but
1: so it, what, so they've, they've, Go ahead.
0: You've, you've given an answer to the question I asked before, uh, which is how to take let's say that you are successful in your effort and others listening and others everywhere, especially in California, act to demand and urge the governor to test the Diablo site and it gets tested and proven dangerous, deemed dangerous and closed. What you're saying is based on the plethora of energy, the uh, abundance, there will be no issue at all there, Harvey of moving from the nuclear-based to the renewable-based. The energy is already present.
1: Yes, we'll have a battle in between. Uh, California is an oil patch. You know, it's the third largest producer of fossil fuels in the country. And there are oil mm. wells in Los Angeles, which blows my mind. Los Angeles County wow. has 10 million people in it. There are almost as oh, many people my. in Los Angeles County as there are in Ohio. But, um, um, and so in the interim, we'll need to battle it out. There's no coal to speak of in in California, but there's a lot of oil and gas. There's a lot of fracking going on, and that has to stop. Yes. Uh, But in the meantime, we do want your listeners to please write and call the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and tell him to test. The reactors at Diablo Canyon, and we'll see what happens. Wonderful. Uh, but we need, to, we need to win that. But as an LA resident downwind with three grandchildren around the corner, I want Diablo shut. That's my number no one No question.
0: Else. And here I am sitting in the Big Apple, 19 miles away from Indian Point. And how crazy is that? That we are also approximately 10 million with all the boroughs in the tri state area. And the Tri-State. And uh, we're 19 miles away from one of the largest reactors. I mean,
1: yeah, what these
0: people crazy as a loon?
1: Yes. yes, they are crazy. You know? And there's a, a very significant um, earthquake understood. fault very close yes. to the uh, Indian Point called the Ramapo fault. So Yes. You know, there you go.
0: Exactly. Exactly. There you go. Well, Harvey Wasserman, it has been a complete pleasure to have you on and Sharing your fount of knowledge with us, and experience, and commitment to a no nuke world. And uh, are there any? uh, Do you want to give a website? Do you want to give uh, any way that people listening, if they want to weigh in here, can do so regarding Diablo?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, call, write, email, whatever you can the governor of California, okay. Gavin Newsom, and t- tell him to test uh, these uh, reactors at Diablo Canyon before they refuel. The down, you know, one is down for refueling. It's, it's embrittled. It's cracked. Uh, there's been deferred maintenance. Tell the governor, do not reopen this reactor until you have tested it. Uh, you can come see me at solartopia.org. Um, you can look at what's posted there about Diablo. And of course, i I'm promoting a a totally green powered Earth. I have a book, Solartopia, which I'll email you for free if you like. Um, just write me uh, Solartopia at Gmail. And of course, I do have my show on PRN. It's podcast the Green Power. And Radio show. Network.
0: A better world That's used correct, to be on not. that for many years.
1: <laughs> and, yes. and for your listeners in Los Angeles, I have the Green the Solar California Solartopia show. It's on six thirty to seven. Uh, Thursday evenings uh, here in Los Angeles.
0: Wonderful on WK. And for you, and maybe we'll talk yeah. again.
1: I have a history of the United States uh, uh, that I'm ha- I'll have published in a couple of months. It's called
0: uh, the Yes, Life exactly. We will of US definitely history. have you back to talk about that, and All I'll right, talk man. about the psychology of the United States while you talk about the history. Yes, <laughs> and
1: my new my new theme is. Indigenous originalism, the whole legal system and culture of the United States, derives from the indigenous, and it's about time we got back to it.
0: Oh, boy. Hallelujah. So glad to hear that. And in closing, before you leave, I did want to share with you, I have to correct my uh, quote, uh, both its content and the physicist. I said Heisenberg, but that was uncertain, no pun intended. Um, (laughs) The German physicist (laughs) Max Plank said that, quote, science advances one funeral at a time. Or more precisely, like a new scientific truth does not triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light, but rather because its opponents must eventually die and a new generation grows up that is familiar with it.
1: <laughs> well, of course you know what Bucky Fuller said. He said you don't defeat yes. uh, the old system. You build the new one that transcends it. and that's what we I know what he
0: says because I have that in my... Um, in my electronic signature specifically, it is you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Well,
1: that's exactly what we're doing in Solartopia, and thank you very much for letting me talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking about it, and I look forward to having you on again.
1: Likewise, Mitchell. Thank you much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, sure. Bye-bye now. That was Harvey Wasserman, wonderful, wonderful, brilliant thinker and uh, wholly committed to a green earth, uh, not just fertile, but also renewable, and with the wisdom that comes to us from the indigenous people in reality, uh, and we're all indigenous, by the way, we have the uh, intelligence of nature just sharing with us abundantly its riches, her riches, and uh, it's up to us to use it in a carbon-neutral Way. So I want to thank all of you for listening in today. remember that we are a 501 C3 a nonprofit organization so your your donations to us keep us on the air and thriving and uh, my work of course is besides being on the air every week uh, talking with you is counseling and coaching and executive coaching as well you can contact me at MJR at abetterworld.net, that's mjr at abetterworld.net, or by phone at 212-420-0800 212-420-0800, and become part of a Better World family. Go to our website, www.abetterworld.tv and sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's for free and we welcome you. We also have a bunch of really interesting very healthy types of products on our website as well, so go have a party. If you want to learn more about the uh, consulting, counseling, and coaching, go to www.mitchellraben.com That's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B as in boy, I-N.com And I want to just say thank you again to Harvey Wasserman for his lifetime of committed work, and we will have him on again when the book comes out on the history of the United States, as just discussed. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World, and I look forward to seeing you all...